0: This is Poetry for the Season with Sally Reid. Welcome to Poetry for the Season. I'm Sally Reid, poet and adorer, speaking to you from just outside Rome. Now today I want to talk about love with a capital L, ecstasy and love. No, it's not Valentine's Day. We're in Eastertide. But it's a time when God is really teaching us about his love through Christ. One of those occasions, you'll remember, was on the beach of Tiberius, when, after breakfast, Jesus asks Peter three times if he loves him. Three times. Of course, the problem with the English translation is that we can't fully understand why he asks him three times. In English, we only have one word for love. We love our dog, we love our mother and our lover. No difference revealed in the word. In Italian, we use ti voglio bene, for the dog and the mother, and ti amo, for the lover. Well, in Greek, there are even more different words for love. And Jesus uses the word agape the first two times he asks Peter if he loves him. Agapas me. Agape, as you probably know, is an all-encompassing, unconditional, transcendent love. But Peter answers with philo se. Yes, he loves him, but he uses philia, which is a kind of brotherly love. The last time Jesus asks him, he switches to Peter's word and asks, Files me? I always find it heartbreaking to think of Jesus switching to Peter's vocabulary and abandoning the kind of pure limitless love and instead lowering the bar to what Peter seems capable of, the more common kind of love. Whatever the full dynamic, it's clear that Jesus was asking and offering a love which we can barely comprehend as human beings. And yet, through God, we get glimpses of it. Some of us more than others. I wonder if you've seen the the very famous sculpture by Bernini of Teresa of Avila, about to be pierced by an arrow. It's very dramatic. She's a woman in absolute ecstasy. Again, there's a word from the Greek, ekstasis, to be outside oneself we would say to be beside yourself. And this kind of ecstasy happens, Teresa recounts, when we experience unification with God. I read a beautiful poem about Teresa in ecstasy and was really puzzled by the date it was written, somewhere in the late 17th century. I mean, you don't get many mystical poems from England at that time. The Reformation cleared out the saints and Mary and art and beauty, and with it that kind of rapturous mysticism. The poet who wrote the poem, Richard Crashaw, was an Anglican who was very drawn to Catholicism at Cambridge and got into a great deal of trouble for his love of the saints and Mary and his preference for art and statues. In fact, he had to flee, to Eng- flee-, flee from England and go to Italy, where he converted. He ended up in the chapel at Loreto, where he died. He loved Saint Teresa, as do I. She is the mistress of prayer, of ecstasy, of love, and is likened to a seraphim, as they are the angels that are closest to God. They guard his throne and are on fire with love, just like her. So as you listen to this poem, listen out for all of the fiery imagery. This poem was inspired by reading Teresa's wonderful autobiography, and it's called Upon the Book and Picture of the Seraphical Saint Teresa by Richard Crashaw. O oh, sweet incendiary, show here thy art upon this carcass of a hard, cold heart. Let all thy scattered shafts of light that play among the leaves of thy large books of day, combined against this breast, at once break in and take away from me myself and sin. This gracious robbery shall thy bounty be, and my best fortunes such fair spoils of me. O thou, undaunted daughter of desires, by all thy dower of lights and fires, by all the eagle in thee, all the dove, by all thy lives and deaths of love, by thy large draughts of intellectual day, and by thy thirsts of love more large than they by all thy brim-filled bowls of fierce desire, by thy last morning's draught of liquid fire, by the full kingdom of that final kiss that seized thy parting soul and sealed thee his, by all the heaven thou hast in him, fair sister of the seraphim, By all of him we have in thee, leave nothing of myself in me. Let me so read thy life that I, unto all life of mine, may die. Wow, lots of fire. Teresa is indeed a daughter of desire. Well, we can't go on without hearing from the woman herself, 16th century nun, Spaniard, poet, great Carmelite reformer, lover and mystic. I've chosen one of her poems in Spanish and have taken the liberty of translating it myself fairly liberally. It's very sweet, very simple, and with plenty of her directness. I gave all of myself and made this deal. My beloved is mine and I am his. When the sweet hunter threw me, wounded, into the arms of love, my soul surrendered. And charged with new life, I made this deal. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He pierced me with an arrow made soft by love, And so my soul was made one with its maker. I don't want another. I give myself over to God entire. My beloved is mine and I am his. Fantastic. I love the way she talks about a deal. She's a strong woman negotiating with God and knowing that in the end, the best deal she can get is giving everything and receiving everything in return. We are well into love now, so let's throw ourselves in and hear a couple of the best and best known love poems of all time. I barely need to introduce the next poet, our greatest in the English language, and surely you'll know this sonnet. It's read at so many weddings. As I read, see if you can pick out how many religious images there are here. Sonnet 116 by William Shakespeare. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests And is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark, whose worths are known, although his height be taken. Love's not time's fool, though rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out, even To the edge of doom. If this be error and upon me proved, I never writ nor no man ever loved. Lovely. I don't know about you, but I always hear Kate Winslet reading that in my head in Sense and Sensibility. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds. A wonderful definition of unconditional love. A boiling down of the marriage vows, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Nor bends with the remover to remove. Who is the remover? The remover is those things that destabilise love, boredom, jealousy, restlessness. His steadfast love endures forever, says Psalm 136. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, Psalm 46. God is the origin of this love which does not alter, the star to every wandering bark, as Shakespeare says. In the ninth century, the theologian, Radbertus, said that Mary was star of the sea, because we must follow her to Christ, lest we capsize amid the storm-tossed waves. Now, let's go to another very famous sonnet. Again, I'm sure that you're going to know it. I read it myself at my best friend's wedding. And again, tick off those biblical references as we go. Sonnet 43 by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being and ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with a love I seemed to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Absolutely beautiful, isn't it? And so biblical. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. In Ephesians 3, we have, You are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ. It's that same image of every inch of a person loving and being loved. And Elizabeth Barrett Browning is looking to the beyond, out of sight, to the ends of being and ideal grace. Then there's, I love thee freely, because we must have free will and choice. I love thee purely. Now that's one that's gone out of fashion. But it's that one that allows us access to the ideal grace. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs." And of course, she finishes on eternal life, which is so tied up with eternal love. I shall but love thee better after death. Swoon. (laughs) But I do think we've lost this very passionate understanding of God's passion for us. And it would help us if we remembered it as a culture because it would sanctify our love and our passion. The Irish poet, W.B. Yeats, was somebody who was an old romantic in the best sense, forever hearkening to the purity of love. And even Yeats, who was very much not a Catholic, evokes religious imagery in his vision of an ideal and disappeared love. Listen to this one, and again, listen out for those religious images. He remembers forgotten beauty by W.B. Yeats. When my arms wrap you round, I press my heart upon the loveliness that has long faded from the world. The jewelled crowns that kings have hurled in shadowy pools when armies fled. The love tales wrought with silken thread by dreaming ladies upon cloth that has made fat the murderous moth. The roses that of old time were woven by ladies in their hair. The dew-cold lilies ladies bore through many a sacred corridor where such grey clouds of incense rose that only the gods' eyes did not close. For that pale breast and lingering hand come from a more dream-heavy land, a more dream-heavy hour than this. And when you sigh from kiss to kiss, I hear white beauty sighing, too, for hours when all must fade like dew, all but the flames and deep on deep, Throne overthrown, throne, where in half sleep, their swords upon their iron knees, brood her high, lonely mysteries. Did you pick up on the religious images there? How about the dew-cold lilies ladies bore through many a sacred corridor? The lily, of course, being associated with the Mother of God for her virginity and the incense billowing. Incense, of course, symbolising prayer rising to heaven. Ah, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem. And it makes me think of the Victorian pre-Raphaelite paintings that harkened back to damsels and heroic knights and castles. But we must end with the lover that began it all, with the drama of the lover seeking her love and combing the city at night and ending in consummation. Let's hear a section from the most sublime love poem of all time, Song of Solomon, the love poem about God and his people. Song of Solomon 3, 1-11 Upon my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. I will rise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go, until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the hinds of the field, that you stir not up, nor awaken love until it please. Such richness. You know, all of these poems, All draw so heavily from the Bible. And it goes on in the Song of Solomon to talk about King Solomon's thrones and the posts of silver and the back of gold and its seat of purple. And it makes me think about the old Victorian that Christina Rossetti wrote in a birthday. Well, thank you for listening to all these words of great love. Remember, you are in the drama. You are the lover, and he is the poet. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for Poetry for the Season, Easter, with Sally Reid. This show is broadcast on Sundays at 2pm, Mondays live at 4pm, Tuesdays at 9.30am, Wednesdays at 8pm, Fridays at 1pm, and on Saturdays at 5.30am. This show is available as a podcast on our website, radiomariaengland.uk, or on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Tunes, wherever you can get your podcast. Thank you for joining us on Radio Maria England.